I'm Trisha Harmon. I'm Heidi Waldheis. And I'm Sarah Seberg. And we are Unfiltered. proud of us when we get that right <laughs> we nailed it We've we come totally a long did ways. we're practically i know we didn't even have now. to do like a second take on that one we just that's because i didn't have a whole lot of words to say afterwards <laughs> logistics i know a few words yep. and we did it backwards so we did i know and look at nailed look at it us. we're so good we're so amazing right. okay so today we are going to talk about the rug you know what rug i'm talking about the rug that you shove everything under so that you don't have to deal with, deal it. with it or talk about it or handle See life it. in any way. Mm-hmm. Pretend and it's not there. Your rug might have a big old hump in the middle yeah. at some point, but not yeah. there. So pretty much your rug is full and my rug is full and it's time to empty it. We're going to. Okay. I'm just going to air all my dirty laundry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. How much time? No. <laughs> 12 hours later. So, yeah, I think this Mm -hmm. is going to be a really important one because I I very much struggle with this. And I think it's going to be a good topic. Yes. And I think if you've grown up in a home where this was the norm, it has cascading repercussions Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. it. Not only do you do the same thing, you now have... That rug you don't talk about, this rug we don't talk about, your siblings' rugs that you don't talk about. Yep. It's just where you keep your junk because mm-hmm. you don't talk about that. So when other people are around, you pretend it's not there. Nothing to see here. So where do you think that comes from? Why do you think that we have this rug that we hide stuff under? Where do you think that that originated, or why do you think that it happens? Any, any thoughts on that one? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking because that's a deep question. Um, I think growing up, I had no idea that I was shoving things under a rug. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking of that. I right. was just thinking, um, I don't have permission to talk. I I don't know how to talk. I don't know who mm-hmm. to talk to. So I, ju- I just didn't talk. Right. So I think it originates from not knowing how to handle conversations that really are uncomfortable yes. or confronting somebody that you know what kind of response you probably will mm. get and you're not up for it or they'll never be able to understand me they you know what will they think of me so right. you well, all these predispositions that we mm-hmm. put on people that just kind of make us shrink back and go back into our nice little safe zone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the carpet. That so if it's not modeled so. for you when you're growing up, how oh, to communicate? Right. I mean, or if it's modeled for you where that carpet gets picked up, that rug gets picked up and everything goes flying mm. and it's all out in the air and you can't make heads or tail. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to collect anything. Right. That's the last place I'm going to go again is Very to that. True. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. I. So did you, did you both grow up in households where there weren't a lot of open conversation? Oh, there were not 
conversations that were meaningful of any kind. Mm -hmm. It never happened in our house. We didn't talk about this is how you handle this situation. This is how you stand up for yourself in an appropriate way. Um, this is how you receive criticism in that it's not, I mean, there is such a thing as constructive criticism, but I grew up believing all criticism is just that you were really lousy. You failed. You didn't do it good enough. Mm. And here we are again, having to tell you. So I, because of my, I want everybody to be happy and please you. It's already in my nature not to confront. So all that stuff where I'm like, but I wanted to stand up for myself, but didn't feel like I'm in an environment where I could, nor did I know what that looked like. Right. It has to go someplace. So mm -hmm. for me, that was my rug, all this stuff that was never modeled. I wasn't allowed to express a full range of emotions. There was one emotion that you had to have. Well, I guess compliancy, if that is one um, and look happy. That's what was allowed. As soon as we were out those doors or anyone around, no matter what, we had to look a certain way. So I never learned how to be upset justifiably in a healthy way. Right. It's like, you just fake it. You just fake it. So the real stuff went under, there's a lot of real things under those rugs, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of dark, ugly secrets under rugs too right. that should be revealed because it's like it can be abuse it can be so many things so I think there's quite a casserole of things under carpets mm -hmm. I think the good and the bad and yeah. just things you've never been taught and you've never learned how to address it or handle it mm -hmm. so. how about you growing up same thing um Whatever happened at home needed to stay at home. Mm -hmm. It wasn't to be shared outside. So we knew that rule. Um, but we also had a pattern. And, and I would have to say it was specific to me. Okay. My older brother, um, I have an older brother and a younger sister. My brother was a peacekeeper, peace, um, people pleaser, and very, very yeah. compliant. Um, my sister was pretty much a wallflower for a while, shy, introvert, funny, quick-witted, mm. but she was the baby. And I would, um, I was the rule breaker, mm. but it got, it got to a point where you're walking, I felt like I was walking on eggshells in a situation until I couldn't stand it anymore. Right. And then, Everything right. would explode. Mm. So conversations were only at an explosive level, mm. it seemed like, for the most part. So oh, when yes. that, yeah. when yes. we finally did talk about it, that's, you know, where that rug came up. And, um, and then there was the explosion, and then there was the recovery. Mm. <laughs> right. And, and the, the, you know, remorse and rebuilding right. and things like that. Right. So I would say definitely an unhealthy pattern mm -hmm. was established in my childhood that I took into my yeah. adulthood too, because yeah. I found myself um, having those conversations, but um, seeming like it was only heard at a certain volume. Right. Mm. And, 
Yeah, and maybe that goes into some of this too. It's like you can only go there so many times before you just start right. shutting down. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally do have it, it's like, poof. Yeah. Mushroom. Oh, I was a shutter downer <coughs> for sure. But yeah. then because, and literally, I was shut down because I was frozen. I had absolutely no idea how to respond, how to react. So then I got accused of being defiant. You're just being belligerent. You're being defiant and disrespectful. And I'm like, so now I'm adding that into my frozen state. And now I'm being punished. And now I'm grounded because I'm being so defiant. And I'm literally frozen into complete inaction. And I carried that through my 40s. Like, I literally would be frozen, terrified that I'm going to make the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to say something wrong. Or my face, I'm trying to figure out what does my face look like? Do I look like I'm mad? Because I'm not mad. I just, I'm... You're processing, but but you don't, I was constantly accused that you're just cold you don't care you're defiant you're rude you're this and I'm like I'm none of those things I'm like Mm -hmm. breaking and dying inside and I don't know what to say I don't know how to handle or deal with this because nobody showed me ever (laughs) ever that range of emotions my goodness it's like teach your kids that emotions are normal and how to deal with them but you know, yeah. again, that came with them from their upbringings and families, and then they oh, join. Oh, it's a in. pattern. It just mm-hmm. keeps going until somebody's willing to to break it. Say uh, and enough. stand up and yeah. say, "This just because this is how it's been done <laughs> for all this time doesn't mean that that's how we should continue doing right. it." Right. I, I, I don't think I ever really had like deep conversations at my house. I know I never did with my brothers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're a lot younger than me, but we never really talked about anything Anything. deep. Everything was surfacey. Everything was just, let's keep the peace. I don't do so well with that. I, I, I tend to do the explosive thing. But when I think back on it, I think I've had more deeper conversations with my parents in my late 30s and into my 40s than I did ever. ever before then because I forced it. I would, okay. you know, I don't want to just talk about the weather or just talk about this or that or, you know, I want to talk about real things yes, that matter. Please. And, you know, my extended family, both sides, they have ginormous rugs, you know, that mm. nobody ever talked about anything. Like, we have divorce and we have crazy stories on both sides of the family from all these different things and nobody talks about it Mm -hmm. to the point where even when I was like a later teen or in my 20s there were things that happened I didn't even know about and then I'd go wait what right Mm -hmm. and I'm like why aren't we talking about that I would love to have been able to come around them and say are you okay you've gone through this you've you know the difference it could have made for these people that or, or in family or, trees oh my gosh, or you're going through that too? So did I. I right. had no idea. You know, you feel more normal. You do. <laughs> when you, you do. find out other people yes. had those struggles mm-hmm. and those hard yeah. times and went through those experiences. But it's like this false sense of upbringing mm-hmm. where in your little bubble, it 
I guess it's out like this everywhere. And That's it's it, in the not. bubble. You stay in your little bubble and you're like, I'm in my little bubble world and I'm all good. And mm-hmm. I don't, you know, if I don't have to talk about anything major, nobody will pop my bubble and I'm all fine and, and I'm it's all good. Be great. And that rug is fantastic yeah. with all that stuff. Yeah. It's and not. I think it's I think it's this younger generation, and I think the millennials started it, but I think Gen Z is is really where it's going in the all right, enough. You know, we want to have real conversations mm-hmm. with each other. We want to talk about the real stuff. We don't want to just, you know, like why are you just being all I don't even know what the word would be these days for it, you know, but the yeah. fake and the you know, all of that, they're forcing us, I feel as though like kind of we forced our parents generation to do Mm -hmm. that same thing is to open up a little bit more and open up a little bit more. more. And so I'm hoping that that Gen Z is like, we're going to talk to our kids about everything, you know, and 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 I've already seen that even just in like millennial parenting, where you allow your children to have the space to have the emotions, Mm -hmm. you validate that they're having the emotions rather than just like, shut up and stop crying and, you know, go in the corner or whatever and exploring right. what is your need right now? You I know? think a lot of it is rooted in conformity as mm, well. Yes. Like we mm. have an expectation yep. of how we want our kids to present or represent right. our yes. family. Right. I remember my, you know, I played softball and, and basketball. My brother played hockey and baseball and football. And, you know, you had a number on your jersey Mm. but you had a name on your jersey right and I just remember the pressure of I'm representing that family Mm. and I think it's because we so obviously um I'm a little older and and I can relate to the Kennedy era Mm -hmm. I mean even though he was um assassinated in 63 there was still the lingering effect I mean even more so you know it's almost Mm -hmm. like it just it became, became iconic. iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I remember just having the little, you know, dress and just, you know, it, it just made me think of that and think of that era. It was all about presentation. It was all about How appearance. appearance. And yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so when we don't know how to engage in a conversation, you know, Martin Luther King, he was mm-hmm. all about peace. He was diplomatic. He, you know, he, mm-hmm. um, he did not go radical and ballistic on anybody. Right. right. And, and so that was an expectation. You had dialogue, but not to the point of making somebody feel uncomfortable. That just wasn't allowed. Mm-hmm. So even to this day, my in-laws and, and, you know, I would say my parents more so in the last few years before my mom passed away, we mm-hmm. had some of the best conversations. Mm. But even to this day, you don't talk about religion. You don't talk about politics. You don't talk about anything that's controversial that'll upset somebody else. 